Captain's Log, Stardate 76699.6 Myself, along with my senior staff, have received a long-range communication from Starfleet Command. Based on our findings in Sector 21305 recently, we are being ordered to rendezvous with the USS Billings for a highly sensitive mission. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by Coffee Black. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another adventure here on the podcast. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for this here episode, uh, my good friends, Lieutenant Commander David and uh, Lieutenant Commander Eric um, slash Yellow Card. Um, How are you guys doing? I mean, the ref did pull out his card, so. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's multitasking right now. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Uh, it's good to see David back. Missed him on the recap last week. Good to good to see you back, buddy. Yeah, we yeah. We, we we got the chief uh, or Eric or both. I can't remember who exactly got out there, but you know, we managed to get your your dead in the water, shoddy engineering shuttle. You know, and get you home safe. I'm telling you, man. I mean, you, you spend so much time on your on your other, you know, you know, the the actual ship and the station. We just don't care m- enough about these runabouts, you know. Just out no. there, uh, you know. I'm drinking bourbon, maybe eating some mashed potatoes, you know, maybe just like freezing to death, you know, trying to conserve oxygen. This is all call back potatoes. to an episode that's that's uh, Chase's favorite episode of Enterprise. I did that's that correct. specifically. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Things are good though. Wait, I thought that was your favorite. It is. I that actually enjoy joke. it. Chase that was hates the it. Joke. Okay. That's the joke, Eric. Okay. I know. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I got it. <laughs> I I can pick up on jokes sometimes. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. Well, in all seriousness, it's it's good to have have the gang back. Um, I know we're we're usually doing this like week after week together. Um, but anyways, it's, it's good to have y'all back for uh, for a regular episode. I know we, uh, you know, today we're talking about a book uh, for uh, for this episode. But you know, we have been going zero to warp nine point nine 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 with all the, this like content re- review we've been doing. Like, you know, Discovery just ended, and we're you know in full swing with um, with Picard now just flying solo without any other shows to kind of be piggybacking with and man just wow it's a lot of stuff we're covering man yeah i mean by the time we're done with all the new content it'll be 53 new episodes oh. Oh. <laughs> think about that I, I think there was maybe a one week break in between the end of lower decks and the start of discovery but we've been yeah, going right. basically straight since what september yeah august or august september. august yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a it's lot not of, letting lot up lot of new way. content and it's not letting up right nope i mean even when strange new worlds rolls around like that's gonna be what middle to end of july when that ends and then <laughs> lower decks is probably gonna be right there like that day or the w- week after or whatever so yay Hey, it's an exciting time. It's I a good mean, time to be a Trekkie. Question maybe, mark? Yeah, maybe it's exciting, depending upon 
Just don't check the IMDb ratings. <laughs> we do that for you, people. Yeah, I do, I do that. I do that Eric for everyone. That. Yep. <laughs> That's like my job. <laughs> That's it's in his job description. It's it falls somewhere between you know, showing up and other duties as assigned. It's it's somewhere well, in there. You know, there's this one guy on IMDb. I don't know if anybody goes out there and looks at these IMDb ratings, but he calls himself a senior Trek writer. Yep. And he rates every episode of five, no matter what. Right? And that's just his way of, like, being impartial. Like, he gives every one of the episodes a five. He doesn't, like, flame the episode. He doesn't praise it. It's just everyone is a five out of ten. And then he's like... But then you read his review, and he, you can tell if he likes it or if he doesn't. But he's just trying to be balanced with the people that, like, oh, this woke garbage, it's a one. Or, you know, oh, this is the most, this is woke, and I love it, a ten. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever people say, you know. He's just mm. like, I'm giving it a five, and that'll just balance it all out, hopefully. Man, oh, man. Okay. Honestly, I think it has starts to, to become five. the average more than likely. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing us down, man. You're bringing us down. Boy, good grief. Well, what have, what have y'all been up to um, since we all got to hang out together? Like weeks, adventures, anything like that. What y'all been up to? Yeah, I'm trying to think. What the heck was I doing? Uh, things. I was mm. places. I went... I went to places. What did I do? Oh, oh. So the reason I wasn't able to uh, record um, was it Sunday for Picard. Uh, went down to. Uh, it's called Shadowbox, and it's a uh, it's a nonprofit playhouse basically, and they run shows. Um, and I went to one maybe a couple of months ago, and it was kind of like a sketch show. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's that's fun. That's that's cool. It's pretty neat. You know, they got food and drinks and all that stuff. You can watch a show. Um, however, I saw on like, I don't know, maybe it was like one of their little things on the table that they were going to do a Pink Floyd uh, mm. thing called uh, Which One's Pink? And I was like, well, dude, I love Pink Floyd. That's, that's awesome. I want to go see that. And if it's good, it'll be great. And it was really, really good. It was like two hours and... First half, it was all music. It was a complete musical, but you know, first half was more like uh, band history, and then playing most of the you know the hits and so forth. And then the second half was, um, you know, th there's a there's a whole deal that I think it's like on the second or third roar of the lion in Wizard of Oz. If you start Dark Side of the Moon, it's supposed to like track with the movie. Hmm. So they kind of did a pseudo thing of that. Because they also do, like, a Wizard of Oz. So they had, like, Wizard of Oz, but psychedelic going on with the dark music of the dark side of the moon. So it was it was actually really good. They had some really good singers. It was just, like, a ridiculous production. A lot, lot, of, lot of good stuff, stuff going on there. So I was really happy. But, yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. I was away, uh, detained. Uh, going in and doing that. So, but that yeah, aside from like that, lot, it's just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It was. Fun. It was actually, yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. So, I I enjoyed myself, uh, you know, and doing the musical thing and whatnot. I I like to pick at stuff, but there wasn't much to pick at. Band really played very nicely. So, very really cool. enjoyed it. Very cool. Yeah, we. Uh, I think I was telling y'all last time that. Um, 
that we recorded, I was going into a conference. So, like, um, conference went well, um, and that was uh, Friday and Saturday for me, um, attending it virtually, which it, it was just weird. Like, I've, I've been to in-person and virtual conferences, and, like, with the virtual conferences, like, the way that they've been before is, like, the sessions are live. Like, you show up on, like, either the websites, like, built-in web player or... You know, there's like integration, like with um, like Zoom or stuff like that, and like you actually get to see the person like presenting in real time. Well, this was different, like where you pre-record the things, but you watch it, like it's all uploaded on, on YouTube, so you can like watch it whenever. But like the presenters are in the chat, like answering like questions, and I'm like, I'm just thinking like, why didn't we just have like people actually just present? So, like, you actually have, like, that authentic kind of, like, audience kind of thing. And anyway, it went, it went fine. It went fine. And, yeah, it was, it was great. And, uh, by the way, transfer paper for T-shirts, oh, man, they are not fun. I was uh, making shirts for my, my kids for school. Uh, it's uh, wear your favorite, like, college team or whatever um, day coming up. So um, instead of like picking like, you know, like a University of Michigan or whatever, uh, my daughter will be wearing a Monsters University shirt (laughs) and my son will be wearing a Starfleet Academy onesie. So there we go. Good choices. I think I think it's a pretty good choice. Good. Yeah. 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 Pretty solid. Oh, man. Anything for you, Eric? No, I I have a pretty boring life over here. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't do anything this week. Stayed at home. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, I guess uh, I guess we can we can get right into it, eh? Yeah, so, I like how David brought up the Wizard of Oz because that that'll that's know, a great segue. Have something to do with this? <laughs> just just a just a smidge. Was it intentional? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Maybe. In all likelihood, definitely maybe. So anyway, um, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Um, that's the show. Um, just kidding. Uh, we're about to uh, to uh, go into spoilerific territory as we talk about this month's book, the autobiography of Catherine Janeway. Uh, written, uh, I'm sorry, edited by um, Una McCormick. Um, I guess air quotes written by Catherine Janeway. Air quotes. So Una McCormick. Like, that name is familiar, but what books did she write? Uh, what was that? Last Best Hope? Is that right? Uh, the first Picard book, I think. Okay, is that yeah, the only that one recently right. that she's written? Did she write any of the other Picard books? Oh, man. You are asking the hard questions. I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was in the process of looking it up uh, myself. So she's written um, quite a two few. Star Trek Discovery books, Way to the Stars, Wonderlands. Oh, oh she wrote the Wonderlands Last Best book? Hope. Yep. Okay. The book that you guys have like forgotten about. What what was the book? Yeah. <laughs> what, the the Way to the Stars? That one? So yeah, she's written four Star Trek books. Yeah. And the one that's um the one book that's actually been pushed back, I think, two, maybe three times now, um, that's Star Trek Picard's Second Self. Um, originally, it was scheduled to come out in February, 
Then it got uh, of this year. Then it got pushed to um, May, and just recently it's now been pushed to I think September 13th for release. So, uh, but yeah, she's the one that wrote uh, Last Best Hope, which uh, I think that came out uh, January February of 2020, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right around the time that season one of Picard uh, was out. And um, yeah, and also um, she's uh, part of the autobiography of Mr. Spock too. So another autobiography. Looks like she also did some like DS9 stuff too. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Yep. Mm-hmm. She wrote and she wrote a Tilly book as well. Yeah. So so quite a few things. Oh yeah, Typhon Pact. There we go. Yeah. Uh, one two. Yeah, two stories from t- the Typhon Pack series. Cool. Okay, so she's a veteran Star Trek author. That is, yep. that is correct. Eric has a bingo. Yay. Yay! Good job, Eric. So yeah, so she she's the one that wrote this. Um, so uh, we weren't the biggest fans of Wonderlands, but I know um, Last Best Hope was pretty pretty decent. You know, I mean, it's been a minute, but it was a pretty decent story for the most part. Um, but just like any good autobiography, it definitely has like the, the critical moments, um, the important moments, um, the questioning moments, um, early life type stuff in it. Now, before we get to like getting the weeds with this and like we start talking about like, you know, maybe some main points or whatever, uh, some interesting points, like things we liked and things we weren't too crazy about. Um, have there been any... Um, like autobiographies that you gents have either read or read recently like just really anything having to do with autobiography like these fictional autobiographies like the Kirk either and the either Picard eric and the spock ones are like a real autobiography it could be either yeah like whether it's <laughs> like from like one of your chosen fandoms or it's like a president it's a general it's a whatever you know i have read the autobiography of malcolm x i read that in college okay that was, really, that, that was really that was really that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I really haven't read a lot of the a lot of autobiographies other than that. That's the one that jumps to mind. Okay. I think yeah, the I closest. Think. I'm not sure if I have. I, I'm sure that there. Are. I, I I read the the uh, what was it uh, what was it called? They made the movie on it. Uh, the Motley Crue one. <laughs> I remember reading that a long time <laughs> <Okay>. ago. <laughs> I also read a bi- uh, an autobiography on Jimi Hendrix a long time ago as well. So I guess okay. those were a couple. Oh, okay. Jimi Hendrix wrote an autobiography? No, it was written for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, it was just a biography. Biography. There we go. There we yes, go. words. <laughs> words are fun. Yay, words. I think the closest thing I've come to... Um, has been like Lewis and Clark kind of stuff. Um, and um, I think Decision Points, which was like George W. Bush, like in his um, like memoirs and stuff like that. But I think like that's the closest that I've come to like autobiographies in general. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that that's it. Um, in terms of, I just wanted to kind of get like an idea of, of where we were in terms of like consuming this kind of stuff. So, um, Eric, I know you were like stupid excited to be able to, you know, go a little bit further down the rabbit hole with good old Captain Janeway. 
So um, let, let's go ahead and kick this off. Um, in terms of, you know, the way that this was structured, right? Like we, it, we, we start off like with a, a course of dedi- dedication by uh, Naomi Wildman, uh, Commander Naomi Wildman at this point. And then we go into early childhood um, and then, you know, beyond that. Um, we've we've had like some smattering of of information here and there but like nothing like too in depth that i'm aware of so as fans of of star trek fans of star trek voyager um what was this like you know like let me hear some feedback in terms of hearing about the early life of Catherine janeway yeah so i feel like you know we we didn't really get a lot of personal story about Janeway during the run of Star Trek Voyager. I, we, we knew that she was engaged from the pilot episode and that she basically got a Dear John letter from him when, when they presumed that everyone was dead um, and then they found out they weren't. But, um, you know, it was, she was really closed off in terms of her personal life with, with because she had to be, like, distant from the crew in order to get them home. And so I feel like, you know, we learned a good deal about, like, a lot of the other captains. I'm thinking, like, Cisco. We knew, like, a lot about Cisco and his personal life. I think that was yeah, just yeah. Um, the, the nature of the show, living on a space station. We were bound, and we learned a lot about the personal lives of all of the characters on Deep Space Nine. We learned a lot about Cisco's, you know, backstory before the show started and you know we got some of the Picard we knew that he had had former lovers and and we knew that you know we met his family right and his brother Robert and his his nephew um Rene Rene yeah Rene um I even feel like we knew a little bit about Kirk right you know we knew he had the whole Carol Marcus right um his brother and his brother yeah and then Archer, we certainly learned a lot about Archer, you know, his about his dad and and him growing up. But I really didn't feel like we knew a lot about Catherine Janeway, so I was excited to like learn more. We knew we knew her dad was an admiral from that one episode, but mm-hmm. I was excited to learn more about what it was like for her growing up. Yeah, and I for agree. the most part, I was I was interested in in what happened here. Yeah, agreed. I um, really, I mean, what maybe the first half of the book, I guess, was kind of the past, roughly. Uh, and that for me was like the most interesting part of the whole thing. Voyager is not my favorite series. I, I, I mean, it always dukes out between Next Gen and DS Nine for like top spot, and then like Enterprise just sort of skip like third season and all it just sort of slides in there from time to time but um i think the interesting thing about voyager was always sort of the uh, the morality play and the very old school nature of uh keeping a ship together you know when, when you think about like really old naval you know whatever the, the captain was akin to effectively a like a demigod aboard his ship sure they were distant because that and the harsh discipline and the, uh, I mean, the nature of travel at that time just necessitated having sort of a larger than life character that you could look up to or whatever, or look to so that you didn't have a complete collapse of discipline aboard a, aboard a ship in the middle of the ocean, far away from home. 
And uh, that was kind of, for me, the most interesting part of Voyager as a series, just how people react in that sort of scenario. And then some of the decisions of, of Janeway as she goes along, some of the questionable decisions of Janeway, uh, questionable moral decisions. Um, and I think that aside from the, the early stages of like, you know, little kid Janeway and then, you know, going through the academy and her her first couple of postings and everything being very interesting. I think um, the latter parts of the book being more of a kind of a rehash of a Voyager the show. The only other thing that I really kind of enjoyed was sort of her in a very minor way kind of uh, I guess discussing with herself about some of those decisions that she made would she make them again was she happy to have you know say like seven there to help her make a decision based upon other experience and so forth tr learning to trust the crew and, and everything a little bit more on the relationship she had with Tuvok all the way from her very first post so those kind of little backstory things are really neat but also sort of the musings or very subtle musings like I had seen uh, some review where don't expect this to be like Picard's autobiography it's like well no I wouldn't Picard's a philosopher Janeway is a captain there's a Jane, there's an Jane inherent a scientist yeah and a scientist yeah that's probably more apropos to, to, to say, put sure, it as a scientist sure. so it's very different um but yeah, the first half was neat, and then some of the the very small bits of musing were also also really neat as well. Sure, you know, going um, like the the first like the first uh, like chapter or two, you know, we we hear uh, Janeway talking about um, how much she loves the Wizard of Oz, and um, I couldn't help but like just like chuckle a little bit when I read that. I'm like, of course you like the Wizard of Oz. Of course yeah. you do. That, I feel like that, that metaphor throughout this book is a little overplayed and overdone. She mentions it probably a few too many times. It's also the indulgence of an autobiography, though. Yeah, I get that. That's true. Yeah. I, I, really, enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed reading about like the, the, the early days of her like growing up and like... Um, how much like she loved her father and like just the differences between you know her and her sister um the artist versus the scientist type of thing and um just how much time even like was spent talking about like their mom or like you know her mother like with the, her her competition winning roses right um and, and like want to like help her out and even how that you know in a way kind of like carried even over into um, the academy with like spending time with Boothby which it seems like everyone and their grandmother knows Boothby is, like is, everyone, Bo is, is Boothby like a title it's just like one of those the Dread Pirate Roberts things it's like you know you just you just get the next old guy it's just yeah I'm Boothby are, are you're still alive yeah forever Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I really like like I really enjoyed the bits with Janeway's mother. Like mm -hmm. like yeah. we learned we knew nothing about Janeway's mother from the show. Like and we didn't even know I didn't even know she had a sister. That was like brand new. I'm like, "Wait, she has a sister?" That was mm -hmm. never once mentioned in Several the course nieces. of Voyager. Right? But um 
No, like, her mother was a children's author. And I really like the way that we, we, we get this, like, portrait of her mother was writing children's books, but they were almost, in a sense, like, political children's books, which I don't know how much we should be introducing children to politics, but they, she was, like, writing them about the Cardassians and, and the Bajorans. And, like, it was really interesting to, like, see how, like, growing up in that era of she wasn't already an adult or a Starfleet officer when, like, the Bajoran and the Kardashian stuff was, like, already going, like, happening. She was, like, growing up in that time period. And it was really interesting just to see how that affected her and, like, how her mother was the one who really like taught her about that through the children's books that she was writing because she was trying to like make people aware of the situation and like how much that even colored her thoughts on like when her father died because her father was building you know was a test pilot right or it was an admiral who was overseeing test pilots that were going to be used in the Cardassian situation and there was like a little bit of bigotry in there which I found I found surprising but I really, yeah. I really enjoyed that aspect of the backstory of Janeway. I think, it, I think anybody can be potentially an unknown, an unknowing victim of, of biases. I mean, we talk about that all the time. I mean, it, there's so many works about biases even before, um, and not, not to shot it one way or the other, but what we call woke now, um, bias has been explored forever and I think everybody can have it and it's interesting it's interesting that they put that in there in in an introspective way to say this is how I felt because of this this is where I am now and this is how I got to where I am now away from that kind of that that bias or bigotry or, or you know whatever so yeah, that was interesting that they put that in there. But to be honest, I think it was handled in a really kind of a really nice way. Oh, I do too. I do too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't criticizing that. I just right, think right. sometimes you, you know, when you you introduce children to political issues at too young of an age, like right. what is the reason why you were doing that? And I think there's some commentary in this book on that idea as well. But I like how it was handled. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of times, like whenever you're dealing with that kind of stuff, right? Like when we're talking about like politics or other social issues in general, it can really be this like bonky on the head kind of th- kind of way to handle it. And um, yeah, like I think the whole I think like spoilers, but I think this this whole book this whole autobiography was handled very well in terms of like how things were presented in general. So, um, I'll, I'll leave that alone for now, but, um, but yeah, like we, we have, we have the sister, um, and like, there's like certainly differences between her and Phoebe, her, her sister, um, the baby, right? The baby. Are you excited for the baby? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a big disappointment. No. <laughs> Stole all my thunder. Right, and like um, now, all the attention, uh, the, the attention that I, I'd come to know and love, was now um, unequivocally um, and um, um, unchanging. Going to be uh, thinking it was going to be unchanging was now changed irrevocably. I think is kind of how she was saying it in the book, which I, I loved. Um, I had that 
I basically had that conversation with my daughter when um, just before um, her brother uh, got here. And I'm like, look, things are going to change, but I'm never going to stop loving you type of thing. Yeah. So I, I, I liked how that was. I mean, it, it was kind of like a, almost like an afterthought at to, uh, uh, the way it was like kind of written. Stumbling over my thoughts. Sorry, y'all. But like um, it was almost an afterthought. But I liked how, how it was phrased. Like there's like just so much um, realness in, in how it was phrased. So, yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of truth in it. And I and j- just another little bit about backstory. I, re- I really kind of like how she described her relationship with her two sets of grandparents. What, what was it in gr- yeah. grandpa and grandma in town or something yeah. like that? Or I, I, I thought that was that was really cool because like if there's one thing that I know is that grandparents are important. They're, they they just they just are. Um, you know I, I don't necessarily believe in the phrasing that we have now. Uh, completely at least that it takes a village they even said it in the book it takes a village to raise a child I don't necessarily believe that that's inherently correct however it does take multiple points of view in order to, to raise a child up and, and you know because if you're if you're stuck in one thing oftentimes you see people not going anywhere else but having these two sets of grandparents that were obviously very involved in her life very present and everything along with her parents um and then her god i mean her mom was all over the place it wasn't wasn't just kids books it was like she was involved in like a ton of different stuff so her 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 life her her fictional life here must have been so just um i don't know just like all over the place like stimuli just different stimuli like what what a way to grow up yeah yeah i also think that the the book handled like Starfleet is not a military organization, but like it kind of is, right? It's like <laughs> it kind of has a definite command structure, right? People are sent on like deployments in a sense, right? And so I think I think you know I I know I'm not a military. I was not didn't grow up in a military family. And I don't believe either one of you did, but I think the book portrays like really well like what it might be like growing up in a military family where okay you're not moving around from place to place you have like a home but you have a parent who's gone for long periods of time right and what is that like to have that parent gone right for a good period of time and then what's it like when they're back and I think she did a good job pointing out when my father was back from deployment he was back from deployment right he was all in he was there he was not distracted by his work and you know we were a family we were a tight unit because we knew that we had to cherish that time because he was going to go but then I think you know the strength that the mother showed where as busy as she was I think that that portrays like that military life really well yeah for sure for sure so with uh you know, with with the dad, like you're saying, like he was, he'd be gone for for a little while. You know, at the the good admiral would be gone for for a while. Captain admiral, depending on the time, would be dad gone for a while. The dadmiral, there we dad go. Admiral. The real, the OG <laughs> dadmiral, there we go. Oh lord. Um, anyway, so yeah, like he would be gone for for long periods of time, but there's a moment 
in in Catherine's life where she's like, I want to be like you. Like, I want it all. Like, I want to join Starfleet. And there's like this like kind of almost described like twinkle in his eye um, hearing his daughter say that, which I just, I thought was so cool. Um, And then kind of just hearing how that was like even nurtured in her at a young age was really, really cool to see um, show up in this autobiography. And it was, it was also kind of nice to see him, you know, some of his interactions because it could, it, it could have been easy just to sort of like write him off a little bit, but like, uh, what was it? Um, she, uh, tennis when she was playing tennis and when she lost and like threw a little temper tantrum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then coming back and having your dad being like, well, that's just not good enough. You know what I mean? That's just not the way we act or anything. So that was, that was really nice. And I, I kind of, I, I kind of wondered a bit again, it is, it is in quotations an autobiography, but I think we all kind of understand how sometimes when you reflect back on the old times or your life that rose colored glasses can kind of come down a little bit. And I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder about that a little bit because there, there's gotta be some more sadness that goes on in a little girl's life when, when their dad that they love so much is not around. And perhaps it might've been, it might've been interesting to, to kind of explore that a bit because for me, it seemed like you know, she gave her life like an A plus. It's like, man, growing up was sick. Oh yeah, she portrayed a very happy picture, almost like picture esque. But yeah, I think I think that you know, children are unreliable narrators, and I think you know she's not a child writing this, but remembering your childhood, you are not going to remember it perfectly. Yeah. That's, but yeah, you know, I agree. She true. did give herself her life like a solid A plus. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she well, did. Well, even it didn't really even because it was only really touched on with maybe some of the conflict she had with her sister because her sister was like, what was it? Uh, she she uh, took um, ballet lessons and he's like, well, I'm glad my sister didn't take that because she probably would have whooped me at that too, you know. So, like, even the, that kind of conflict was sort of skated over a bit because you could tell now at the point where she would be writing this, it's like, well, I love my sister. I love my mom. I love my dad. You know, I love the ideas of my childhood. So, Well, but there was a point where I think she did blow up on her sister and she kind of, like, mm. rode with it. It was like when she got her early acceptance into Starfleet Academy, like, a year early, and on the same day... Her, her sister got like a painting put in the Met or something or like a bit a famous museum. Right, She's like, right. you just stole my thunder. Why did you have to? And they got into a big blow up. Which was kind of funny to, to read. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with, with her decision to, you know, follow, follow in her father's footsteps, you know, she, she puts things in place to, you know, go go into like Starfleet Academy and pursue a commission and things like that and initially like you know she's kind of a knucklehead you know like she has like that that those brief moments of like well my my dad's an admiral type of thing but like quickly gets over that like in terms of like how it's reported but she she leaves Starfleet Academy like with a really good relationship with one of her professors Right. And um, even afterwards, um, falling into the good graces of uh, then 
Captain Paris. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about like her postings. Um, yeah. Um, can we just just briefly like? Yeah, yeah. This book really fly. I think like her academy is almost like gloss days are like glossed yeah. over. Like it's yeah. like super quick. Oh yeah, that it's was my first. Miss it. That was my first year. My second year went super fast. You know, like had a boyfriend. It was had fine. a boyfriend. I I don't know. I feel like that whole like description that was a little salty. Like I'm like, like she's like I won't mention his name. That's not important. But he never it's been like, captain, so yeah, he ne- yeah. It was like I was yeah. I heard I heard his name called at graduation, so he must have graduated. But <laughs> I never have. I never checked on him, and then like I was just at the I was just reading through a report the other day, and his name was fourth on the list of authors. I guess he never made captain. <laughs> It's like, like she, you, you know, salty. she was looking that up. It's like, who? What is he? What is he? Lieutenant Commander? Yes. Screw you. Yeah, because you know, because he's like, because eventually he's like, he proposed to her, but wanted her to put her career on hold for him, and she's like, I ain't doing that. Yeah. But look, I just, hold, that was hold like just salty in my mind. I was like, you're a little like, you're kind of not over that. <laughs> Real quick though, would would either of you ever propose with a ruby? A ru- yeah, it had what a. Was that? I mean, a ruby. It, no, it, it, I almost felt like this was like Chase some cracker jack pro- prize. Did propose. You know? Yeah, exactly. Sure so, Chase, did you propose with a ruby or a, perhaps a sapphire? Aquamarine. No. Amethyst. No. <laughs> Pearl. No. <laughs> It's just it was, uh, that was that was an interesting thing to to propose with. A, now, uh, that being said, I do know someone that um, their wedding bands um, have sapphires instead yeah, of diamonds. Sure. Okay, that's fine. I mean, that's that's fairly common. That that'll happen. But like the actual engagement ring, I mean, oh, come on, right. I mean, you got you got to get a big old fat diamond there. <laughs> How'd that go again, David? You know, one of them big old fat diamonds. <laughs> just big old fat ones, you know. Big as you, big, big yeah, the as bigger you the, the bigger the diamond, for. the more you love her, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. And now for with today's your sponsor, score. Zales. Yeah. <laughs> Play the Every Kiss Begins with K. <laughs> Diamondsdirect.com. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. No, but I really do like think this book, like her academy days, went like yeah, it's super quick. She just was like, "Yeah, I was there. That was my second year. It was over. Then I was in my ethics class with the Admiral Pandy, and then Pandy. and then and then I graduated fourth in my class, and then boom, I got my first posting. Damn, that was fast. <laughs> I had oh, some time had... with Bo- I had some time with yeah. Boothby in the garden. Everyone but, like, time. It was very fast her academy days. How busy is Boothby's schedule, though? If he's helping, like, at one point they said thousands of cadets, he's just like, "Oh God, Janeway, just go away. I've got, I've got Simmons here in about five minutes. He's gonna help with the rhododendrons." (laughs) 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 He's just running around. He's probably the first one to get a personal transporter so he can just get to places quicker. You know. You know, we need to do like a, a little research, right? Like there needs to be some like in-universe research done, like in terms of like the relationship. Like we need to do like a, we need to do some like predictability stuff, like a linear regression. Okay, like can we predict like the ascendance to captain 
based on the proximity of a relationship with Boothby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. X variable, time spent with Boothby. Y variable, uh, length of time till your promotion, right? Is there a correlation? What's our, what's our R value? <laughs> Let's go, somebody. What's Let's do R it. Value? But but Chase, is this like a is this like a slughorn thing? You know, little little Harry Potter tie in there. Is this like a slughorn thing? Is, like a little slug he, club. Like he he sees just some somebody you know walk past like yeah, that guy's a loser. I will not spend any rose time with him. Oh Janeway, how you doing? You want to like uh, you know spend a little time in the rose garden? You know? Do you want yeah, you want to do some stuff with some chrysanthemums? Let's go. I don't Let's go. That <laughs> it's cool. Harry Potter. It's fine. To. It's fine. No, no, you do. You do. Like, let's not sugarcoat it, David. You have to understand that reference. He was just a teacher who had favorites, and he had a club. That's okay. it. And he <laughs> yeah. would leverage relationships to get things from those students that eventually graduated, such as Quidditch tickets, among yes. other things. Exactly. See, Quidditch is this wizard sport. Right? I know. I've, I've seen the first three movies, I think. Okay. All right. Wait, I saw up up through the one with Robert Pattinson. That's the third one, right? Fourth one. Fourth. Oh, okay, then yeah, then I've seen four of them. Hey, just three. Well, I guess four more to go, and you're you're done. <laughs> I made it halfway through. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about about the postings. Uh, some. So. The. Really, like, she's on a total of three ships, right? Like, if I remember correctly. So, the Albatani is where she's at initially. I think it was for eight a total years. of seven years. I think eight. Was it eight years? Seven, eight years that she's there. And she ultimately leaves as um, a full lieutenant, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Or is it lieutenant commander? I think, I think, no, I think when she, when she leaves the Albatani is when she gets promoted to full lieutenant. Yes, I believe that is correct. That sounds right. Because I know whenever she transfers to the Billings, it came with a lieutenant commander promotion. And I think... No, no, I don't think that. I think she was promoted to lieutenant commander during her time on the Billings. That's what I was... No, I think when she... The entire time she was on the Albatani, she was an ensign and then a lieutenant JG... And I think when she left the Albatani to go to the Billings was when she got promoted to full lieutenant. That's the way I read it. I could be uh, wrong. That's the way I read it, though. No, okay, okay. So this, this is what it was. Okay, here we go. So she commissions, and her first assignment is the Albatani. So mm-hmm. boom, ends in there. Um, things go down with her, her dad, right? Yeah, yes. So, and then, like, she kind of, like, grieves, basically, and she's approached, like, saying, hey, you good? Yeah? Okay. Um, I have this gig for you if you think you're cool with it. It comes with a promotion, by the way. Science officer. Boom. Lieutenant. Well, but, no, lieutenant to Lieutenant J.G. So yeah, she yeah, becomes, yeah. like, Sorry, the chief, yes. si- chief science officer as a Lieutenant J.G. So, and while they're doing their mission out like in the Cardassian like union the, the area Ar- the Arias mission thank you yeah she goes from JG to full lieutenant doing that 
And I, I, I distinctly remember that it was her and two other folks that are playing this game on the Albatani because they're all about to take promotions. And she takes this promotion on the Billings, which puts her at a lieutenant commander. Okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah, that makes sense, I that guess. Makes, yeah. Because, like, she's essentially, like, taking over, like, um, like a division or something like that. Like, a science division. So, like, she's, like, basically just doing nothing but science. Like, science officer, science management type yeah. functions so she's her in, entire she's career. in the blues the whole time. Yeah. True story. Hardcore blue. Go blue. No, go green. Go white. Anyway. So... She's got like this really good relationship that develops with um, Captain Paris, um, same guy that is the dad, the admiral uh, for Tom Paris, who we know from the show, right? Um, Tuvok is also on the Albatani, um, and their relationship is um, touching fro- go. A little frosty at first. Yeah, because he gives her a good solid dress down. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he wasn't on the Albitani at first. He, no. he escorted some admirals there, and that's where she got the dress down. And then Owen's or Owen eventually, Paris eventually brings him on as uh, what chief chief of security, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, there's some there's some continuity issues that I have here. Like, if you watch Voyager in season one, Tuvok is wearing Lieutenant Commander pips, but everyone calls him Lieutenant. And in the opening credits, he's Lieutenant. But then in Season 2, he goes his pips change down to just Lieutenant Pips, full Lieutenant. And he's full Lieutenant. Until it's in, like, the right the beginning of Season 4 that he gets promoted to Lieutenant Commander. But, like, in this book, he's already a Lieutenant Commander. Like, when he joins the Billings, they call him Lieutenant Commander. I'm like, that doesn't fit continuity-wise with the show that we saw. And that's like an easy thing to get right. So I'm shocked that they got that wrong in this book. Unless we need to read the autobiography of Mr. Tuvok and we hear about him being promoted and demoted multiple times. (laughs) It's only logical. That's right. See, David gets it. David gets it. Congratulations, David. How dare you? How dare about, you question continuity? You're about to be promoted, David. Uh, I mean, I was like, I was like captain at one point. I, I don't, I don't need it. I'm fine. I'm no, fine no. just being a free spirited gallivant, you know, just, <laughs> just going around and busted up, you know, runabouts. It's fine. So, so we have the Albatani, right? Where she's really like cutting her teeth as yep, an officer she, she and becomes friends with Tuvok and, yeah. and Lori Fitzgerald who Lori is a man apparently right yeah I really I Fitz. really really that was a little confusing at first this the, the way like just the, the the overall trajectory like the overall development that we're we're seeing and experiencing in this autobiography with her and Tuvok I just really liked like continuity issues aside loved it especially with like some of the payoff that we get um calling upon him uh when we get to the billings with some stuff that's going down there yeah Um, i thought was really good no i i I really did like the way you saw their relationship develop like because oh yeah 
in the show, Tuvok's like, I've known Jane, Captain Janeway for, like, a long time. Like, you know, we've come to rely on each other a lot. She's, like, really used to taking my advice, right? And, and we've developed a good relationship. And I think we saw that here in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, so, so we have Paris, right, who who's doing some good stuff like he's he's very i mean he's sad to see her go but also happy that she's advancing in you know in her skill set and everything by going on to the billings thinking that she's going to be with one captain um but there's a last minute switcheroo um who and the new captain ends up being like a total turd burglar just a total jerk is he though is he chase I mean, we learned that he wanted to, like, bring his buddy on as the chief science officer. And maybe that's just why he... And he's like, oh, so they, some admiral's kid didn't got put here over over my, my buddy. And maybe that was the reason why I didn't like her. But it's presented, obviously, through Janeway's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. She is telling the story. And as we know, everyone is the hero of their own story, right? So to David's point, like, was she, is does she have some bias in saying this guy just totally dismissed every idea I had, like he just hated me right from the get go. I know we probably all thought that about a boss at some time in our life. This guy just hates me. There's nothing yeah. I can say to them. There's nothing I can do right. They just hate me. Well, the the, the only reason I, I say that there are a couple things now aside from one event where he clearly should have taken her advice. Mm-hmm. Um, Two people died, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So, I, so I mean that that obviously is, is is not great there. But some of my impression of being under Captain Paris almost seemed like he really he really took her on darn near from like day one was was very fascinated by this ensign and and wanted to kind of see her do her thing and it it almost seemed like and and i could be completely off base i'm only getting this through an autobiography i don't know much about you know captain then admiral whatever paris but he seems like kind of a softy he seems like he has a a really happy ship but he's a softy then you go over to another ship of which you're, I don't necessarily want to say leapfrog anybody because I think that she has her merits, but I would almost say that aside from the 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 incident with Tuvok, has Janeway been questioned? Has she ever gotten anything wrong? Did we really get that? Eh, not really, aside from that one story. So she goes onto the Billings, and maybe her ideas aren't all practical. Did he really never listen to one idea at all? Or is that exaggeration? I, I don't know. And then the only other thing that I would say is that I, I, I think that, and I don't remember the captain's name. Do either captain, of you remember? Captain Ward. Ward, Ward yeah. okay. I do think that in some cases, um, and you, I think you see this a little bit of everywhere, and, and even in like my line of business, where 
sometimes we do hang on to people we know or people who have connections or, you know, hey, this is a referral. Oh, I really trust this guy, so I am going to bring them in because the referral was good. That sort of thing happens a lot. So maybe some of it's like, yeah, well, I had somebody in mind and well, I kind of got somebody over here and, you know, she likes to give her ideas and so forth. Look, he's probably not a great guy at all, but it's just kind of one of those things of like, again, rose-colored glasses over your own history could be a factor. Um, but there again, that that can go that can go different ways. I would al- I would also say this: like, was Captain Edward Jellico a turd burglar, or did he just have a different style of captain? Right, a different way of being the captain than everyone was used to under Picard, who, you know, as as well run of a ship as you could say Picard had, maybe he was a little, like, he ran a more laxed ship than, than Jellicoe wanted to run, and so people weren't used to that. Yeah, I, well, see, now we're getting into, like, leadership theory. Um <laughs> Look, Ward probably was not a great captain. I, I fully, I'm just fully I mean, playing devil's advocate here, but you know, at the same token, I mean, the freaking admiralty like had issues with the dude for crying out loud. Well, he was a, sh- a schmoozer, which That's is right. why he got like promoted to captain. I thought you were gonna say schmuck, but you know, schmoozer. <laughs> he knew how to play the politics. Yeah, it's true. One thing I was thinking about, and I, I, I did want to ask you guys about this. Oh, uh, by the way, Chase, and I'm sorry I don't mean to butt in there, but it's, it's what I do. Yeah. He did not give her negative ratings on her evals. That was the only other thing. He gave her fair evals. And she did get promoted from lieutenant commander yeah. to full commander. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, I just, while, that popped back while in my head. Wow, he was on her ship, so that has to count for something. Sure, sure. So this is this is what I wanted to ask you all. We at the the very end of of the the billings chapter in her life uh where she's approached to to take on voyager you know have her first her first shot at the center seat um she takes it and she's really looking forward to being able to tell him like hey, i got my i got my fourth pip what's up how you doing type of thing and he he really wants like a better ship than a constellation class. Well, he was on know. a Nova a Nova class. Was it Nova which class? Is, which is the same thing as the the um, the Equinox. Yeah. Okay. Where did I get const? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this like backwater, no name kind of ship, you know, and she gets like cutting edge, like fresh off the line swanky Corvette style looking ship type of thing. So this is what I wanted to wanted to ask. What we we can only imagine, we can only like theorize, right? But what do we think journeying home would have been like with Ward instead of Janeway captaining Voyager? Well they probably wouldn't have made it home. Or would have turned out like the other Federation ship that, that was in. You think they would have gone? Like the Equinox? Like the Equinox? Yeah, like the Equinox, yeah. 
Or do you think they might not have even destroyed the caretaker array? Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> nope, going back. Oh yeah, so we got slingshotted back here. We just came back. It's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. No, but I want to talk here about her promotion to the captaincy of Voyager. Sure. Because the, the way this book presents it is like she's offered the captaincy and it's like a week later or something that they're, that the episode Caretaker happens. It's like, it's just like, all right, she gets a call from the Admiral in the middle of the night. She tells the guy I'm leaving and it's like a week later. She doesn't even put together her own, her own. She invites her old buddy, the chief medical officer from the Albatani to come over, but like, her first officer is just given to her. Basically, the whole crew is just given to her. Like, she doesn't even... Tuvok is already on this mission. Like, she is not... It's, like, presented as, like, hey, you have, like, got a week to do this. And it happens, like, super fast. And that was never the impression that I got watching the show Voyager. I did not get the impression that this was her first command. I got the impression that she had a command before the Voyager and it was never distinctly said that she did but I always had that impression and I also had the impression that like she was promoted to captain and had time to put together the crew and had time to put together the ship mainly because that's I think that's the way it's presented and I, I actually went back and I watched this episode it's the episode Relativity which is like a more of like a seven of nine time travel episode but it open it opens with like this scene where like the Voyager is still in dry dock, right? And and Janeway beams onto the ship and she's greeted by an admiral who quizzes her and the ship is making its final preparations and she's like, I've been studying the schematics of Voyager for three months. And like you get that impression that this is the first time she's stepping onto the ship, but she's had time to like you know, prepare for this captaincy and put together a crew. And so, I don't know, there was just a little difference between how what I imagined being the backstory of Janeway and what was presented here. But who's to say that, you know, Janeway being the curious person that she is, you know, that she's not just like reading like some like Starfleet journals, right? About like new technology coming out and like she's studying you know, Voyager, intrepid-class well, ships. I, I for, get the impression that she's, like, she's a scientist and she was a great student, and, like, you know, she knew she had a test, being the test being, this is going to be my ship, so I'm going to study for it extensively. Sure. That's just the sure. impression that I got. Okay. Well, I mean, Chase, maybe it's just a different timeline, Okay. All right, maybe we're just dealing with some time stuff, and it's just alternate dimensions and no things. No more time like stuff. Stop <laughs> it with the time stuff. No, uh, one thing I was gonna ask. Uh, maybe it just—it's just a whiff on my part. Do we know how old she is when she wrote this? Like how old Janeway would be when this was written? Oh, I know. Oh, so twenty-three. I think eighty-three. No. When does it say that? I'm just looking well, at. Th my only point is, is that memory's fallibility. You know what I mean? Like again, autobiography. People do forget details over time, even important ones. You know, so it could just be one of those deals as well. 
I don't know how much Una McCormick like really thought of that when she was editing this book written by Catherine Janeway, but you know, it could be kind of one of those things you could write off as, but I don't know. Just a thought. So she was born in, in 2336, right? That sound yeah, right? Yeah, because she was 21 when she graduated the academy in 2357. So 2336, yeah. Okay, so 2336 and chapter 12, which is what you bring back. Uh, it's take, takes place uh, 2378 and beyond. So we're looking at, you know, 42 when... 42 when the Voyager gets home, she's 42. Yeah. So it's 40... So, so there's that, but... But I mean, you get the impression this is much later than that because mm-hmm. she's writing this on the day her daughter is graduating from Starfleet Academy. Which Yeah, they they took her took her own eggs and mm-hmm. she had some eggs frozen before yeah. she left. <laughs> cuz all cuz all everyone does that, right? She they they present this. Yeah, everyone at yeah. some point you get some eggs frozen just in case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's prudent <laughs> who is the other donor yeah was it is it is it mark was it mark so this is one th- that was one thing i want to talk about and it was like um i don't want to like necessarily be that guy that's always talking about pacing but there was just like i don't know if if y'all um thought this or experienced this at all but for some reason when when we got to the part where mark is introduced in the autobiography and they're talking about how the relationship works and um, like yeah I totally support you like becoming um, captain and doing all this stuff or whatever was it just me um, in in kind of feeling like it stopped being autobiography at that point and just became just a book like just a novel like just just like the tone of like it, a first person novel. Yeah, it ju- it just like felt like it just shifted for me whenever whenever I was going through that part, and, and it kind of like course corrected like a little bit later, like especially when we got oh when was that? I can't remember where it was, but it was like. So, like, the Mark thing, like, was... I think that was, like... They were talking about, like, the dog and everything. And that was, like, right around end of Albatani, beginning of Billings, if I'm not mistaken. Right in that area. And it was, like, right after, like, Billings and, like, going into, like, the Voyager where... And, like, or beyond... Like, no, when they were talking about, like, year... Like, the year of hell um, chapter of the autobiography... Like that's I think when things started like to like reconnect for me. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking out of my butt right now. I mean, I didn't I didn't feel that at all, right? When I was reading this. Okay. I mean, she did spend a lot of time describing like their life together and the dates they went yeah. on and how yeah. she would go away and then come back and 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 he would propose to her every time she came back. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. "No, I'm not ready yet." <laughs> yeah. I mean, this like, just, and this then this just works for us. 
spent a lot of time describing their relationship. Mm-hmm. They, the walks they would go on with the dog. Yeah. And we had, what was it? Um, it was, I think, at least four chapters. Is that right? Um, like with basically like Star Trek Voyager, right? Like the, the story points of, of the show. Yeah, yeah, and for the most part, I I kind of felt like those were like the weakest parts of this book, because like, it was basically a drive-by fruiting of like, it you really know, a, was. Few, a few episodes. Like, oh, there was there's like three episodes that happened in this season, and three episodes that happened in this season, and she's like, most of the details are classified, so I can't talk about them, <laughs> right? And it was like, I've seen these episodes described. Like, this is not I like. I don't really feel like I got enough insight into what was what she was thinking, what was happening there, and so those were kind of the weakest parts of the book for me. Sure, sure. Yeah. I really would have liked to have seen, like, this is one thing that I think this book could have have made it like really good is in the episode Night, where she's like doubting herself, like she's finally doubting the decision that she made. I really wish we could have elaborated on on what Janeway was thinking at that time. I thought that would have could have really made a strength. It's like, you know, I explained my decision of of why I destroyed the caretaker array, but she never mentions again, hey, she doubted that decision later mm-hmm. on. It was always like, I made a decision, mm-hmm. this is why I made it and that's it. But we know in the show that she did come to doubt that decision at points and I wish the book this book might have elaborated on that i think that's a missed opportunity sure i i'm kind of with you eric um like the i didn't lose interest but i lost interest if that makes sense uh when we were going through like the voyager portion like just like kind of basically recapping the seven seasons of Star Trek Voyager, but um, I really I really did enjoy like the like what happened and like what life was like back on Earth following you know rejoining the fleet and coming home and everything like that was like the thing that was so um, dissatisfying right like you've spent seven years trying to get home and like your last shot is like joining the fleet but like that's it like come on what happens afterwards man like for real and like like hearing about like ticker tape parades and just like you know like people like want your autograph like kind of wondering like what it was like for neil armstrong you know like with you know being the first man on the moon and everything like that that was cool um but it was kind of like disappointing to also kind of hear like yeah, they spent like seven years trying to get home, and like these people are just like straight up like saying "peace out, see you, Starfleet, see you never" type of thing. Like, res- like resigning after what six months? I think was um, Tom and Bellana, if I'm not mistaken. Well, which which isn't really no I Bellana mean, how, how stayed factual. on. Tom, Tom was it Tom? Yeah, but, but Bellana stayed. But on. Tom came back though. We in the Picard book. He he was back in Starfleet, and so, so presumably is Chakotay after what we saw in Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there was, I mean that there were that some issues with that, and like what happened to yeah. Seven of Nine, right? Yeah, uh, she was in a think tank, you know, with some like augment people. Some I, mean, augment I don't know people, who those. Yeah. I don't know who those people were, but she didn't like to talk about it. 
I, I, yeah, that that was something that was. Uh, y- y- you're right, Chase. It is kind of nice to have kind of like the uh, the the wrap up, so to speak. Like, hey, what happened next? You know, like a postscript type of thing in a mm-hmm. in a, a bookend. The, the only thing, the last thing I, I'd say about the whole like Voyager chapters, that is only necessary uh, in a straight up autobiography, though, right? I mean, that's that would be part of it. If it weren't there, then Again, if we're looking at it like realistically, if we had a, I don't know, a wartime general and he didn't describe his his war, he was just like, you know, I grew up in Billings, Montana and things were really cool. Oh, yeah, I fought in a war. And then after the war, uh, you know, whatever, that sort of thing. So I'm with you. There were definitely missed opportunities. It could have been an interesting character study if they if she just focused on her thought process for like the caretaker or maybe another event but i think that that's the blo- the, the, how, how you kind of just go over in auto- autobiographies but yeah what what exactly are we talking about so tom's just opening theaters and and you know being mr dad i no, mean he, he was writes, he, he was he definitely back in starfleet yeah oh yeah Hol- captain he, proton you know, he's a pilot he needs he needs to be a pilot Right, you know, so why that guy doesn't feel like he would leave Starfleet the chance to be a pilot? But hey, Harry Kim finally got that promotion. Yeah, he got that. The last act that Janeway ever made as Captain of Voyager was promoting him (laughs) to Lieutenant JG. It's like, oh, thanks. After seven years of doing everything, yeah, but he was. I'm now a junior grade lieutenant. He was promoted really quickly after that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Harry. (laughs) Oh, Harry. And Libby, Libby waited for him. He married Libby finally, and they had four kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Go, Harry. (laughs) Your girl waited for you. She didn't move on. That's love. (laughs) So, you know, like going through this and like, you know, well, and I guess like one final thing is, you know, with with Janeway not really being able or choosing not to go back to her San Francisco apartment because of popularity, basically, Um, she she's staying in the dorms um, out in Starfleet Command. Right. Um, And then eventually, like, of course, she does gets a nice little cottage or whatever little yeah. piece country, of land county country, Clare. Es- country estate in ireland yeah. yeah where they have like little reunions as often as possible that's right still having that once week dinner with chakotay when he's in yeah. you know not lost somewhere doing like things. walk in the walk in the world or something yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. which we know obviously from like you said prodigy is not how Chicote ends up. Right. Right. So, um, before we, you know, we rate it like on one to five, um, we don't have to pontificate if y'all don't want to, but I just want to hear maybe like your favorite moment and least favorite moment or, or something like that from the autobiography, like just a memorable moment that like just really just grabbed you, I guess. Uh, I mean, the first half of the book. I mean that that was entire entirely interesting to me. I mean, it, 
um, like Eric had said, not really having much in the way of backstory. And I can trust him because he actually knows Voyager. I wouldn't have known that there was nothing <laughs> said. I mean, I've watched it. I just don't remember very well. But that was that was pretty fascinating. You know, her um, fast, but, you know, a little bit of a glimpse in the Academy days, friends that she's made along the way, uh, her, her early postings and so forth. That's what was interesting to me. Um, I do like backstory. And then, I mean, I hate to say it, but the obvious kind of like downturn was when we just recap Voyager. You know, that, that wasn't all that fun. And, and the only reason I say that is because they didn't really expand on it very much. Or at least I didn't feel like I learned anything new with that. Um, so yeah, that, 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 was, that was pretty much the thing. But the, the Tuvok friendship was, was great. Uh, how that was built up was pretty interesting. It, it actually kind of makes me feel bad for the doctor, you know, that was, <laughs> was killed. It's like, oh, that was her friend. It was, it was her bones, and, and now he's dead. So <laughs> it's like I could actually feel something about that guy yeah, uh, yeah. that I didn't know at all. So it didn't have a name in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. How about you, Eric? No, I really liked... I, I, I say I really liked her relationship building with with Tuvok. I thought that was really, really great. Um, as I said earlier, like on the show, like they're like, we know each other for a long time. She's come to rely on me and depend upon my advice. And you got to really see why. I thought it did a really good job of building their relationship up to like a really le- good level of mutual respect for each other. Um, I really appreciated that. I I thought it did a good job of of, of sh- showing like with her mother. I thought her mother was like a great character, right? Busy busy woman but strong woman, you know, raising her two kids while her husband is on deployment and I was really interested in all of the backstory there. Yeah. And yeah, as I say like I felt like there were just some instances where yeah, this happened. This happened, but a lot of it's classified, so I can't really tell you, go into details about all these things that happened when I was on Voyager. And I was like, that feels like a cop out to me. That just sure. feels like, yeah, I I don't really know how to expand upon what what Janeway, what I what I like. I as the e- editor, right, the Uno McCormick. I don't really know how to expand upon and add insight into what happened here. So I'm just going to say it was classified. Oh, that's all I can tell you. To me, I feel like that's like kind of a cop out. And I was like, I, I didn't like how they did that like several times. Sure. Sure. So the, I think I'm, I'm with David on this. The, the first, you know, the first, several chapters about like childhood including like the tennis temper tantrum that's good alliteration right there look at that um was was interesting but i really and maybe because maybe because i'm a dad but i just really liked like the the way that like the father-daughter relationship was really described i just i love the heck out of that um got a little choked up at one point just you know how everything happened and like how she still strived to like make her dad proud 
um, like in the work that she did. So I, I really like that. I thought that was I thought that was really well done. Um, I mean, hold, I, I just want to stop you there, like just just because you brought a personal thing. Like she mentioned, like at her father's funeral, how mm-hmm. it was like uh, everybody came up to her and it basically said like the same thing, right, to her, and like you know, it's a difficult thing to handle. But like I felt that, right just based on my personal experiences like oh like dozens of people just came up to you and said the exact same thing because they didn't know what to say and they're hoping it would make you feel better but it really didn't like that that was something that resonated with me but just keep going same same um so i I really like that i thought that was like really strong with this book and um i guess like the thing i just wasn't too crazy about it was more mixed than it was just negative was just the like really the final chapter like you know Voyager returning and like where everyone is now basically um that was I mean it was all right um but I was just like a little just a little disappointed that people just kind of left in very short order and like it was just kind of that like it was just kind of hanging so um anyway that's that's that so um any other comments or anything that we want to bring up before we rate this thing no Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's do this. So, uh, with books, we rate this on a scale of one to five. Uh, one being a dumpster fire, five being a literary masterpiece, or just amazing, whatever. So, um, David, how would you rate this? Um, so, how would I rate it? I, I think it gave some neat insights in the beginning it gave a relatively benign uh, kind of recap of Voyager I think it's something that if um, if you're looking for deep meaning you're not going to find it but if you're kind of looking maybe to supplement add on to or even potentially like I wouldn't say start start like a voyager journey but probably like maybe maybe after you get it done and then you just want a little bit more that's kind of a a nice little place for this to lay at um i mean i was entertained by it i i I did the audiobook so that had had kate mulgrew in actually reading it which was good um so but yeah, I mean, there there are little points. There, there are little points that I could write off from a literary standpoint of it just being an autobiography. But there are some little continuity things that you know stick in the crawl of somebody who really gets down a little deeper with two other dudes on like a you know two two times to one to two to three times a week. You know, talking about Star Trek and stuff, depending wow. on how many things are going on. Um, <laughs> so that that gets you a little bit, but. No, I mean overall it was it was it was good. Uh, the backstory was neat. The character building was 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 pretty darn good. Um, and then if you just if you could just get through the the Voyager recap, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty decent. So I, I would say eh, I, I I can't I can't necessarily go super high on it because it's not really look. I might, this might be a hot take for some people out there who are really into autobiographies, but I don't really view autobiographies as true literature. It's not really, 
because it's not always truthful it's not always imaginative it doesn't always tell like a, a, a true story there are some that do and those are rated very high for me I so I don't know like I, I, I'm just thinking like a 4.2 I think is, is adequate for an autobiography of a fictional character okay all right I'm gonna let Eric have the last word here in a second um, since this is you know his jam like Voyager and everything don't let me down um, <laughs> I I really enjoyed this. Um, I, I I really did enjoy this, and I could get like super nitpicky um, in terms of like how it may impact like my rating. But by and large, like this book did a really good job of like really um, capturing me and keeping me engaged. Uh, basically from start to finish and um, I really enjoyed knowing more of the backstory of this captain which really I think really fleshed her out even more than she already is um, regardless of how canonical this this information actually is or isn't Um, were there things um, I I wasn't too crazy about sure Um, did did I feel like it kind of like took me out of it at times? Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with David on, on the thing about like where you would probably put this in terms of like how you consume this information. And I think like, I think you could get away with like probably reading this after maybe like watching like the first five seasons, maybe of Voyager. Well, you'd be spoiled on the ending. You would, but I, th- I think you could get away with it. I mean, like, sure, like, just finish it and read the thing. But um, I don't think that this should necessarily be a primer by any means uh, going into it. Like, I wouldn't do that. Um, so for me, I'm probably going to give a pretty generous score on this. But um, I came into it, and, like, it came down just like a skosh. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I thought it was good otherwise. Um, so I'm going to go with a with four and three quarters on this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, Eric. Okay, so, bring us so, home. No, I think that was interesting what David said is he had the audiobook and it was narrated by Kate Mulgrew. I think mm-hmm. that would add like a really interesting experience add to the experience of of, because it'd be almost like you're listening to a captain's log in a sense um but here's what i'm gonna say if i was living in the star trek universe and if it was (laughs) 2385 or whatever right and this and you know Captain or Admiral Janeway had just published her autobiography, and like I was like, you know, invested in the story of a ship that was lost, you know, and you know was was found to like be alive, and they made this epic journey home, and surely they had all these great adventures and these new stories to tell, and you know, Catherine Janeway was publishing her autobiography. First of all, it wouldn't be in a book; it would be on a pad, right? But I would expect it to be four times as big as this. <laughs> right? Like, a minimum of four times as big as this. And 
if I was living in the Star Trek universe and like the autobiography of Catherine Janeway and this was all I got, I would be incredibly disappointed. I'd be like, really? <laughs> that's, that's, oh, it's classified. I can't tell you. Right? And she just gave, like, yeah, there's a few things that happened along the way. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, give me a little bit more than that. <laughs> but, like, I would be disappointed if I lived in the Star Trek universe and this was all I got. Sure. I, I would be. That being said, I was really invested in the backstory, like, learning about the history of Janeway, right? Like, I, I've watched Voyager more times than probably both of you put together right so like i i know what happens in star trek voyager so like i was just i was reading those chapters very fast because it's like i didn't find a lot of insight there and i know what happened i was like i got i got it i know what happened like yeah okay uh chromo set yeah i got it right i'm good yeah, t- Cass coming back from when she was gone. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, got it. Um, you know, so those things to me were, like, not as interesting as they could have been. I wish it was written more like Captain's Log. This is what I was thinking at the time. Um, and, yeah, then, like, the last chapter. Like, I would like to know what happened to p- these people more. Like, it was sure. like, yeah, we got home and some of them went. Some of them stayed. Most of them didn't. Uh, we get together every now and then in my country estate. But, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I wish there was more of that. But I was I was very invested in the background. I thought that was really interesting. I was entertained by the whole thing. It was entertaining. But I guess I keep coming back to the, like, if I was in the Star Trek universe, I would be very disappointed if this was what I got. Um so I think I'm just gonna give it a four. I'm not gonna be too harsh, but I'm not in love with it. Right? There okay. were there were definitely moments where I felt the Captain Janeway voice, and there were definitely moments where I didn't feel it. It just simply didn't feel like her voice. So I thought there was some tonal inconsistencies there for me. So I just give it a four. I was entertained. Right? It definitely was something I wanted to read, and I would recommend. If you're a Star Trek fan, especially a Star Trek Voyager fan, you know, if you after you've finished watching it, pick this up and give it a read. It's a quick it's not gonna take you long to read. And it's it's interesting to learn that backstory. Sure. And I think like the thing that we always end up doing whenever we've we've done books, like all three of us, is David does the audiobook, Eric like reads like the book. And I do like a mixture of reading and listening. So I did get the benefit of being able to hear, you know, Admiral Janeway recount her stuff too on the audiobook, which was which was really cool too. So like I think that I mean everyone should read. Like literacy is is something that we need to have, right? Like the ability to read, like reading is good, but man, bonus points for actually like picking up the audiobook on this one like actually hearing Kate Mulgrew you know channel her Janeway is is amazing so highly recommend that so before we get out of here let's let's attend to the, some important business okay 
let's go to the Twitter poll. So I asked the people of Twitter this particular question for the poll. If you could promote anyone in Star Trek, who would be the lucky officer? Okay. And the choices were Travis Mayweather, Boimler, Adira Tall, Wesley Crusher. So, like, Wesley Crusher with his, like, rainbow uniform, or Wesley Crusher the Traveler, <laughs> or Wesley, or Wesley Crusher, Crusher fresh uh, out of the Academy. Wesley Crusher never graduated from the Academy. True. Remember, he was involved in that incident, uh, right, yes, that yes, he tried to cover up, and the only thing that happened to him was his grades were canceled for that year, and he had to stay behind. That's right. So, w- which Wesley are we talking about here, Chase? Dealer's choice. How about that? So That's give me the give me the answer. give me the people again. Who's the first person? Travis Mayweather. Okay. Travis Mayweather. Okay. Boimler from Lower Decks. Adira or Wesley Crusher. Okay, well like Boimler earned his promotion and then got cloned and had it taken away from him. Which never mm-hmm. made any sense to me. Um Travis Mayweather is still an ensign in the entire series and even in that little flash forward Riker holodeck thing that was like 10 years after they had launched he's still an ensign right so he was an ensign even longer than Harry Kim was so you know I feel like the pilot of the first Warp 5 vessel who spent 10 years at that probably should get promoted at some point I'm gonna go with Travis Mayweather I know that's not gonna be the top choice well, that's my choice. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, no one cares about Boimler. Adira, that's kind of a weird one because, like, she had obviously had some other rank in, uh, what was it, Earth Defense Force or whatever mm-hmm. they called that. Yeah. Um, then they really don't show her contributing much to the show, unfortunately, which is kind of unfortunate. You could have done cool things if you would just focus on character development and not on some stupid overarching storylines you have to do for an entire season. But, I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of obvious. It's, it's definitely got to be Travis because n- <laughs> they really did him pretty dirty. Uh, it's like, no, we just don't promote people very often here. Okay, <laughs> whatever. You just really hate Travis. I get it. Mm. But, like, I don't know. Wesley, Wesley's a traveler. Yeah, it's, it's fine. He's got, he's got a bigger rank than you all. He can go anywhere he wants and fix timelines and other books and stuff. He's a time lord now. He is a time lord without a TARDIS. You'd think, you'd think he would have built himself like a little TARDIS or something. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, he invented things in the Coda series for crying out loud. Like, why not? I mean, did he? Time stuff. Anyway, all right. So um, let's let's go to the results, and then I'll I'll share like a couple comments with y'all. So um, in last place, with zero percent of the vote, was Adira. Definitely. Okay. Coming in in third place with 13.6% of the vote 
Good old Wesley Crusher. Yeah, Wesley. Yeah. Shut up, Wesley. Okay. In the the runner up with twenty two point seven percent of the vote. Boimler. It's interesting. You, you you have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, lower decks, folks. I notice that whenever you do lower decks Twitter polls, they really they really show they, up for those. They show up, yeah, yeah. And so that means like Enterprise, yeah. Sixty three point six percent of the vote went to our boy Ensign Travis Mayweather. Well, I got Ooh. one of these right. <laughs> Look at you go, bud. Congratulations, Anthony Montgomery. You are getting promoted, bud. Congratulations. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Lieutenant Junior Grade. <laughs> so, uh, Captain Edward Jellico of at um, ST Delta Shift commented, Travis is long overdue. And uh, then we had um, Eli Schwab, um, otherwise known as Elon Iffy. There we go. Asked, how is Harry Kim not on this list? Uh, to which we replied, well, because he's the obvious one that everyone would pick, myself included. Yeah. So, um, in which they were like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that would have been 100% if you yeah. put 100% Harry Kim. Harry yeah, Kim. That's one of the choices. It's like you, you don't even have to watch that series to understand that meme. It's just like, oh, yeah, Harry Kim, total promotion right there. You ever watch the series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That's it, everyone. We, we covered the book. We covered the book. Um, and we'll be doing another book yet to be determined next month. So uh, with that, um, guys, thank you, um, as always, for, for doing what you do, talking truck with me um, on the weekly. Um, what what y'all out in uh, listener land think of the show? Uh, think of the episode. Think of the book. Whatever. Uh, did you like? Have you read it? Uh, if you've read it, uh, you listened to it. Whatever. Uh, what did you think of it? How'd you rate it? Like, did you give it a one? Did you give it a three? Did you give it a five? Did you give it a perfect score? We'd love to hear. Uh, you can learn more about us um, and share your thoughts about the show. You know, offer up show ideas. Um, all on trtvpod.com. Uh, learn about different ways to um, support the show. Um, you can do that by you know telling a friend or um, supporting us financially on Patreon, uh, things like that. We are on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, like I said, if you do want to um, you know get a hold of us, you know send us a note or whatever, you can do that. Um, enter in coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com, um, or you can send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit. Uh, before we get a very stern talking to by Captain Ward. So please don't subject us to that. We'd really appreciate if you didn't. Uh, finally, if you do want to uh, mail us something, you know, like a Dear John letter, which that's bad form, man. Like bad form. I don't want a Dear John letter. Um, you can send it to us anyway. Uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.